1: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see oceanside relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for two and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpresscom Tengo
2: diabetes, yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1855 o visita PrevNal20 en And now your
1: main event,
2: introducing
1: the hosts of Wrestling with Freddy, Jeff Dodd and Freddy Prince Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. It's episode two, season two of Wrestling With Friends. And my host today, ladies and gentlemen, coming to us live from SummerSlam, on the scene reporter, Mr. Jeff Dye. Uh, Jeff, I hear it's amazing out there. Uh, What's the situation in Nashville?
3: It was a great trip. Uh, Thanks for sending me out here, Freddie. It was very beautiful to watch the SummerSlam live and in person here in Nashville. We had uh, 48,000 people in attendance, uh, if you believe in fake numbers. If you believe in real numbers, a lot less. But it's wrestling. We get to fudge the numbers. That's how it works. You know that, that that giant was eight foot tall. You know, nine million pounds.
1: I got to watch it on Le Peacock, and that's French. I loved the show. I I thought it was great. I, by the way, let's let's just get right into it. Let's start with with Becky and Bianca. I, real quick, I'll say what I thought of it. But you got to actually be there, so I just want to know like what that energy was like. But I loved this match. I thought Becky put Bianca over beautifully. The match they should have had. She somehow pulled off the crazy Becky even more effectively than Seth pulled off crazy Seth when they were both kind of going insane in their storylines at the same time. And maintained her evil wickedness. And then the match was over. And here comes Bailey with Io Shirai or Sky that Sky, the, Sky, Sky now they changed it yeah now she's gonna be yeah, Sky that, and and Dakota Kai they came out with Bailey and Bailey wasn't having it the crowd seemed like they were hyped for her they and popped, they wanted yeah, they to popped. cheer and then she's like nah f you shut up and she went right in the ring which gave Becky this I don't think she's gonna turn face I think she'll maintain like her her Stone Cold badass heel kind of mentality but she goes and gets Bianca's back
0: and yeah, is like she nah, respects man. Bianca.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a nice story. I I'm not saying I didn't like the crazy character she's been playing. But I felt I feel like it's gone on a little too long, like most WWE stories do, which is why Jericho changed his gimmick like every month because he didn't want those guys to like dead everything he does. So I hope this is kind of the evolution of her into the next phase. And crazy Becky uh, takes a break for a while and she's kind of like found herself character wise again. What a way to open the show, too. I love that they started the show and we're like, now everybody else has to match that. And, I right. think that and it was kind great. Of- egotistical competition, healthy ego is really sets a bar high and a lot. Look, not every story they told to get their work, but this one did. And the majority of that weight is on Becky for sure. She's the more capable actor. She has more experience in the ring. She's the, she's the veteran and she's probably the most over female wrestling wrestler in the business. I don't even know if you can argue right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, I feel like even in Japan, they probably got big love for her. You know what I mean? Even though Asuka is probably their number one or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly on her. And I thought she did this beautifully. And like I said before, I hope it's the end of the story. Not in a bad way. I just don't want them to beat it, beat it, beat it until you're like, Oh, my God, here's crazy Becky. And that can happen at that company.
3: But well, maybe, maybe not. not anymore. I'm not without yeah. Vinci, I think. Because here's what here's something I noticed on Thursday. No dark match, like I said, no open show. Becky and Bianca go out, they have a great match. It was exciting, it was all over, in the ring, it's out of the ring, you got to see a lot of good stuff, it was pretty cool. Then the uh, the respectful finish with the handshake, which I liked, that also yeah. might seem like there's kind of an end of a storyline there. And then when Bailey's, when, when that music hits and that stable comes out, also that says, ooh, Vince is gone, because I my buddy that was with me said that they've pitched that stable to Vince before and he rejected it. Oh really? Yeah, months Look ago you they with
1: pitched- the scoop. our on man reporter with the scoop. Yeah, Jeff see, I got in there.
3: I, I'm doing my job. You get you put me to work. I'm gonna work hard. <laughs> so I, I, I guess they've pitched that stable to Vince uh, before multiple times, and as long as months ago, and Vince kept saying no, no, no. So what a way to start Summerslam! You just get like the most over wrestler and the most over female wrestler for sure. A great match. Uh, the finish that I think most people wanted. And then also you get like a big surprise uh, return. Like that's, that's pretty fun. Like it every was a wrestling... great,
1: great open. You just reminded me of some. Can I tell you the coolest Io Shirai story ever? <laughs> of course. All right. So there was an episode of NXT. And I don't think it was a TV show. I think it was just a house show because this was like recorded on someone's phone. And Io Shirai's in a tag match. And she's waiting for the hot tag to go in and some racist prick in the crowd. Like just some a hole, douchebag, and so no business here. And you hear him yell, "Go back to China!" And she throws a look over her shoulder, and she goes, "I'm Japanese, bitch!" And then <laughs> takes the tag, and ju- and the whole crowd just swarms this guy verbally and just owns him and clowns. And like, ah. Oh! They're all over this poor bastard. He's like, ah, oh, I'm a racist piece of shit who got owned. It's such <laughs> He's a beautiful.
3: so dog. good at racism. He doesn't even know the difference between all the Asian countries.
1: Let's talk storytelling real quick in the ring and out of the ring with Baron Corbin and Pat, uh, Pat McAfee. Celebrity matches are the hardest ones to pull off unless you're the Miz. The Miz can make everyone look amazing. And shout out to Logan Paul. Well, let's get into that next. Yeah, but, oh, my gosh. Logan was great. But this was a story where I felt, and we said this on the podcast, that Baron had to win or happy Corbin had to win. Happy not Baron, Corbin. It's not, not the Baron. He had to win. I didn't see how they could do it. And based off the story leading up, I felt like that was the way to go. There was a point in the story building up to this where Corbin kicks McAfee dead in the balls. And what they did in the finish for this match in order to get a guy who's not a wrestler and not a good fighter, and everyone knows Corbin is a good wrestler and actually a legit, he's a legit black belt in jujitsu. Like he's won tournaments. He He knows what time it is, dude. He's no joke. So the only way to beat him would be for there to, there'd have to be some sort of, Tom foolery, some sort of evil evilness to go through, but the babyface can't do that, but he can get revenge. And so when the referee got hurt, I love when referees get hurt and the wrestlers have to turn their attention to the referee <laughs> and he turns his back. McAfee gets revenge and gets a sweet ball shot in there, helps him get the finish one, two, three. And I was actually like, yo, this was the one match I was going to hate. And I totally bought the finish. Back in the old days when Josh Wolf and I were on Prince and the Wolf, everyone hated Logan Paul. This guy was going to suicide forests and making fun of people for wanting to kill themselves and end their life because they were in too much pain. Everyone hated this guy, and he was a kid. And kids do dumb stuff, and and I did dumb stuff when I was a kid. But when you're streaming it all, all your mistakes are the biggest mistakes of sure. your life. And I've watched this kid over the years grow up, not just. As we all do in in age, but uh, he's become more mature, and I've seen him do some interviews, which I'm sure were to change the narrative on him. But he seems to be walking the talk a lot more than than just talking it. And then he said he was going to do WWE, and everyone groaned. Whether they groaned, it was an inside even like, yeah, okay, good luck. Inside, they're like, uh, oh, here we go again, another celebrity match.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's how I felt. I, I was I've not I I was was in no way rooting for Logan Paul,
1: in no way, shape or form. I'm pulling for Miz all day long. I didn't. I was like, I don't even know. I get why you're doing it, but come on, man. Let wrestlers wrestle. I never went and had a match. I never even pitched myself in a match because I don't feel we should. And then here comes this totally committed, good-looking, pretty jacked son of a great. gun. Yeah, he's Jack. bro. And he's full on 100% throwing caution to the wind. That one jump he did outside the ring. I mean, he landed so stiff. frog flesh. I I would have been in a hospital for three months if I would have landed like that. As hard as everyone's ever been on Logan Paul, and rightfully so, he deserves so much respect for the amount he committed. And I know he put in the time and energy because I know Miz. I've known him over a decade. He's been a guest on this podcast. I saw him at Lexi's wedding. Like, I I know him. He sent videos to my kids and talked shit about me, their father. Like, I I know him. So I know Logan put in the time that earned you the respect of other professional wrestlers. I'm sure there'll always be some that don't want guys like that in there. But shout out to Logan Paul, man. I have so much love for you. You brought everything. You left everything. Yeah, and I can't wait to, I hope the next story they do for you is is wonderful. I loved this match I thought it was
3: super good when I said I wasn't rooting for Logan Paul I meant at WrestleMania like I was like ah, this but he impressed me so much at Wrestlemania that I was like okay all right this guy's doing the work he's he's got a b- good size good body good character I liked the costume I love the uh he's just got a great look you know and he, yeah, f- he did fits the black in and wrestling. yellow
1: Bruce Lee black and yellow did
0: he look good? I was
3: still not sold on Miz. Every time I see The Miz, I go, That's oh, the real world guy. I mean, how long does The Miz have to be in wrestling before I stop talking about the
1: real world? The Miz is a tricky thing. So there's two guys, one in stand-up comedy and one in professional wrestling, that have a very similar story. And that's The Miz and Theo Vaughn. And Josh told me about Theo's entrance into comedy and how most people just hated him because he was a guy from the real world road rules and an outsider coming into their world. And a lot of people treated him like crap and he stayed true to his game and really worked at it and stayed hard and good and generous to people. And then he did well. And Josh always spoke well of that journey and that climb. And when I remember him telling me that and being like, yo, that's like step for step what happened to Miz. Like people hated him in that locker room, didn't feel he deserved to be in there. To being one of the most beloved dudes in the company, I. I'm telling you to this day, I'm not saying he's the best, but he's one of my all time favorites just on his willingness to make anyone and everyone look great and his ability to do so. He's not just willing his ability to make you like if I had a match with Miz, it you wouldn't think because he would let me win and you wouldn't think that I'd spend the next three months in traction, even though I clearly would. But it wouldn't be from anything he did to me because he's just I love him, dude. I know he's not for everybody, but I love him. And his work ethic is second to none.
3: I feel like um, the when, when he speaks, I don't believe anything. I don't believe anything that comes. It's like that's
1: but he's supposed to do that. You're supposed to. Th- that's why I think it's so he's supposed to come off like a Hollywood fraud fake. Scumbag that you just yeah. want to slap because everybody like says is a Impression
3: of a wrestler is what it feels like. You know, it's like oh, oh this no, is way. Like, uh, that I disagree with. We're remember when him. he was on Real World? He was running around the house acting like he was the Rock, and he's that like, was, uh, "That was twenty years ago." I know, but that's what I still see when he's running around the ring. Like, oh, oh look, who, look who wants to be a wrestler! Oh, he wants every to be show
1: a- we do from now on, I'm gonna just hit you with like your first joke that you ever told on stage that just pop <laughs> and just remind you of it every single week. Well, I didn't put it on TV. Jerk. Well, I'll find (laughs) someone who recorded it. Don't make fun of people that don't need to be made fun of. Just keep that in the front of your head, bro, and you're going to be all right.
3: (laughs) Yeah, he's. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a Logan Paul bandwagon fan for sure. And I like that he put the frog splash in there, bringing the frog splash back. It's always been one of my favorite moves.
1: I love the frog splash. That's a smooth transition. Here comes another smooth transition to my favorite frog splash in the game right now, which is Montez Ford. And that gets us to our tag match, where last week I was a bit confused as to why Jeff Jarrett was going to be the referee. Of course, at that moment, I forgot that it was in Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. And so now it makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he was so also
3: I, in two things for two different wrestling things on the same weekend. Confused a lot of people.
1: It did, it did. but he's he's a legend and free to go wherever he wants. I still didn't think it was necessary to have him as the ref. But this, to me, was the most interesting match not going in although i was hyped to see it but coming out because i thought they overplayed their hand a bit you know when you're playing poker or any kind of card game where you where you're having to like hide your cards and the other person you just know has you beat and they're overplaying it and you're like dude you're not getting any more money out of me man i fold you should have played that slow they had montez react negatively to what he felt were slow counts and show frustration so many times the way a patented WWE heel shows frustration and not the babyface frustration, which he showed every other time in his whole WWE career. I didn't want them to do this. I love tag team wrestling. Angelo's for sure not going to turn heel and I'm sure he'll be the victim of Montez's turn. I don't know why he wouldn't keep a baby face because he's the he's just such a baby face to me but they're doing this and they're committed all the way and you're not talking me off this i don't think you could see it in the arena because you're getting to see the whole match but on on tv it's a close-up of montez like pissed angry oh, yelling at the ref that was not how a baby face loses and expresses frustration. How the match played?
3: It was very, very good, and uh, the energy for that was like jacked the whole time. Which I think the Usos are just good at doing that. All this, like, just the energy and the whole place Usos was awesome. are
1: studs, bro. They're I both so
3: wrestlers. Just coming studs. out, they got huge hype. Like it was, it was, it was very awesome. Why does wrestling do this? Why does wrestling break up good tag teams? Remember when we were young? Tag team was a tag team forever, and a heel was a heel forever. Now yeah. they go uh baby face heel baby face heel oh she switched back to a bad guy oh two weeks later, oh no she's actually a good guy and now she's teaming up with someone she hated last month they're always it's always a heel turn uh face turn and then breaking up good uh tag team tag teams i don't I don't understand it
1: well part of that is your generation's fault for loving the attitude era so much, and that's why everybody switches back and forth every three months because you tell every story. In the universe in a three-week time frame. So they yeah, it's so quick. So I blame you and everyone in their 30s. Otherwise, Vince has said this, I don't know, publicly, but he certainly said it to every writer and producer in the room when we every time we fought for tag team. It's four men for one match. And that's not cost effective. Mm, every match he's paying two men or two women to wrestle for one match. Now he's he's doubling his cost, and he's still only getting one match. So it's never been a cost-effective thing for him to legitimately invest in a tag team division. And if you look back, he sort of never has, outside of like six months here, and then three years, no one cares, and then six months here, and then three years, no one cares. And they always break up the tag team. Right. To kind of end the tag team division, and then just two guys have it, and a bunch of random guys team up once in a while to wrestle them until another tag team comes up, and then they build them, and then those two go, and all of a sudden, oh hey, yeah, there's a tag team division, and then they win the new title, and the other team breaks up, and one goes face, and one goes heel, and the division's gone again. But it seems so like a good
3: way to use your um, your locker room, because isn't there a ton of wrestlers that are just sitting around going, when am I going to get my thing? When am I going to get my? Well, that thing? was.
1: That was the smart argument that a lot of the writers made, which was, well, you're not opposed to doing random, you know, eight man tags. Yeah. Why can't we just build a tag? And it's like, well, that's when we don't have story. And the writers were like, yeah, but we're, we're yeah. giving stories. Yeah. It's just so, so you don't have to worry about that problem because here's 12 just for these two guys alone. And yeah. then this guy over here, he wrote seven just for <laughs> Primo and Carlito. Like yeah. so but it just never was a philosophy that that we could get through and I don't know if that'll ever change but I know with the amount of tag teams they have right now between Street Profits, New Day and the Usos just those 3 you have Matches that people will watch and be compelled to watch all the time. And you can help build the less established ones. If you really want to try with Otis and Gable and you want to try and, and you know, give them some television time, say you feel they're worthy of it. You have three different teams to build them on, but four men, one match, even though he's willing to do eight man tags every single week on Raw.
3: I don't I don't mind it. I like I'm just I think again going back to my childhood life. Like I love a tag team. I love a, I love two dudes that dress alike, that do moves together. The
1: foundation, know? the four horsemen, the the Hardy's edge Oh wait, we gotta talk edge, bro. I loved the pop when he came out to the old school edge fire entrance. <laughs> like, old yeah. school. I just, if Gangrel would have been, like, dropped from the ceiling, like, oh, it would have been amazing. <laughs> but I loved that. And that was the biggest pop of that whole segment, unfortunately. The match didn't get that much love. But they really did have to tell this story on the fly. And it it is, it is what it is. You can tell great stories, father-son stories they're not able to right now, but I think a big part of that was due to injury. Um, if it's not, then that's just on them. But I love seeing edge come back. I love seeing him as a face. I want to see him destroy that faction that he built because I don't like that faction at all. Yeah, I don't think weird. it works. Yeah. I just, I don't think it works. I don't think you can have uh dev as or uh Finn Balor as, as the voice of that group. And, I don't know if Damian Priest is hundred percent there, although he's pretty dope on the mic, man. He's he's yeah. speaking Spanish and English, and just flowing in and out of it. So I I like him. I just don't know. Once they had to take the leader edge away, they should have just got disbanded the group and had them all turn on each other and figure something else out.
3: Let's talk about the Bobby Lashley. Oh, let's talk Austin. Yeah, okay. yeah. God, Bobby Lashley is even from the distance I was sitting. That guy is a freak. That Bro, body my is insane. Is
1: in love with him. My it's 12-year-old insane. daughter is in love with him. She has a crush on him. She thinks he's the most gorgeous guy in the world. Yeah, she just awesome. stares at the screen the way I stared at Tina Turner when I was her age when she'd on <laughs> the screen. She loves, and she's open about it. She's like, that's my man right there. Like, she does not care. She loves Bobby Lashley, so I, in turn, love Bobby Lashley. He is that bit. Who did you think was going to win this match when, when it started? I thought Bobby Lashley would win because Austin can afford to take that loss if he tries to cash in later that night. Who did you think was going to win?
3: That's what I thought would happen. And I was like, well, if Vince was still running things, I think Theory wins this match. And like, that's his big whatever. And then we don't see him use the money in the bank for a little while. It felt like Theory just got buried. It's what it felt like to me.
1: Don't you think that's okay, considering the story they're trying to tell with him?
3: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think anything's okay. I just, it just felt like I was like, "Ooh, this is interesting." Because now I'm so paranoid. I'm looking at everything through a lens of Vince isn't here anymore. I wonder if this is part of why you know. So that's why. So that's why I'm saying that.
1: I hear you. And Roman had a great promo where he said, "Your daddy's not here anymore." <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. And the crowd started going, "Who's your daddy?" And <laughs> on cue, improv, he goes, "I'm your daddy." And he just <laughs> says it. So th- I think there could be something to that. However, I think the character of austin theory getting humbled again and again and again can lead to a more malicious and a better heel version of austin theory when he eventually does cash in i think they did a similar thing with Miz the first time he was going to cash in where he got i could be wrong it's historians out there who memorized every episode can help me out with this but uh, I feel like he was one of those guys who was just getting smashed on, smashed on, smashed on. And then when he cashed in, it was a much more like, I'll pay you back and here it is kind of kind of finish. And it made him seem more credible. Theory's getting better on the mic every single week. And it's cool to watch, but it's also really scary. Because it's like bringing a, a double-A baseball player up when you know it's too early and – you're worried if they do poorly, they're going to go down forever and never have a chance to make it. So if Hunter hates him, then that could easily be the more likely scenario. But I don't think Hunter hates anybody there. I think he wants the company to get over and theory can be good for business. His matches are good. He looks great. He just hasn't sunk into this character all the way yet. And in WWE, you learn on the job, which is so psycho, but it's the norm. That's their normal. In our lives, you don't get the chance to do. That. In
3: television, sometimes when there's like a president of a network, he'll have all of his shows, right? And then when he gets me tooed, or he gets, uh, or he gets fired, or for whatever reason, and the new group comes in, the new group doesn't have the same interest in investing in the shows that were already there. Cause those are those guys, that guy's shows.
1: They want to remember what happened at CBS. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Oh, it's, it happened to me at NBC. You know, it's the whole thing. The president leaves and they go, all right, all your shows are canceled. We're doing new shows. Um, Uh, so I wonder if there's a part of that, that you, that you just go, you know, we're going to keep the company. We're going to keep the guys. We're going to keep the thing, but we're going to do it our way. And it seems very much like that's what's happening. And also like, there's this weight lifted off of like, Oh, all that, um, all that fear that Vince brings into a room has also been relieved.
1: There's like I, I can confirm that I've heard that from a ton of people already. Michael like, Cole
3: seemed completely different, and then when he was asked about it, he's like, uh, "Yeah, a lot's changed. Really, it's been seven days, dude. What do you mean a lot has changed? Like a lot? Like
1: I had a match that had a speaking segment." with it within it so it was the only reason i was in gorilla sitting next to vince during a match because otherwise it'd just be producers the writers have no business being in there and so i'm sitting there waiting for this break to happen where batista comes out and interrupts the match and for the six minutes of wrestling before batista enters vince didn't stop talking in cole's ear and cole's calling the match and the whole time vince is like don't forget to, you, you got to distract. You got to distract. And he's just like the whole time. And I'm like, got to distract. Like how distracted? This is insane. And Cole was just going with it every step, six minutes of just nonstop uh, direction in his ear, nonstop. And I'm just on a headset. Like what is going on right that's now? Insane. But Cole pulled it off. So I'm sure he's probably more relieved than anyone. Remember that photo of Nicole Kidman when she divorced Tom Cruise? And they had a picture of her coming out of the courthouse with her hands thrown up in the air. And she was like, Yes! That's exactly what's happening. Bro, that's how a lot of those wrestlers are feeling right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, I gotta imagine they're going, Oh, what? Because even if you love Vince, there's an element of like fear and respect and. You, he really makes it clear who's in charge, you know? Bro, I had so, big
1: love for Vince, but it was, I had nightmare days when I sure. worked there. Absolute Stressful. Nightmare yeah, days, like, you,
3: you, like, it's like if you have, like, a dad who's just, like, a very powerful dad. It's like, you love him, but
1: it's like, ugh, it's a lot. And when you know he's wrong, it's just like, oh, my gosh, dude, why <laughs> won't you listen, please? All right, this was the bet match. This was 50 Beans,
2: former yeah, president.
1: Me- Recently, de- recently deceased, <laughs> recently, yeah, <similar. laughs> a couple of weeks ago, Ulysses um, S Grant on the table, but you had an interesting cover and I'd like for you to share it with the audience. <laughs> well, here's what happened.
3: This is exactly what happened. I literally put on Twitter, I go, me and Freddie, we got a bet. Um, who do you think's going to win? Roman. I got, uh, I got Brock Lesnar. He's got Roman Reigns and I picked Brock cause Brock's cool. You know, I like Brock with it. And he's going to be in Nashville where the new, his new cowboy look is going to put, put, be pulled out. I don't know. I don't, I don't read the sheets. I don't do the stuff. So I was just like, I picked who I wanted to win, not who I thought would win. I put it on Twitter. Everybody just starts dunking on me. Everybody's like, yeah, Oh God, you idiot. It's going to be Roman Reigns. Everyone. And so I did like a little poll. It was like, Ninety-seven percent were like Roman <laughs> Reigns gonna win. You know, and Sable I like, well, voted for
1: you. That was it. Yeah, you yeah. Only there Sable. goes my
3: money. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, all right, dang it. So then we get. Um, I'm thinking, you know, you're talking trash to me about it. Everybody and everybody on the internet's talking trash to me about. It. I was like, yeah, he, he's definitely gonna win the bet. Dang it. And so then, because those people probably look at spoilers, I'm sure some of the people that voted voted look at the spoilers. So I get to the the wrestling because Summerslam. And um, my buddies are, you know, they don't know much about wrestling, so they're like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome!" And I was like, "I bet you fifty bucks, Brock Lesnar gets beat up, and loses." <laughs> and they were like, "Brock Lesnar?" Because you know they don't know a lot. They're going, "That guy, the big guy." I go, yeah. And they go, "I'll bet on, I'll bet that." And I said, "Perfect." So I'm using it, Chris's money to pay you. That's what I'm doing.
1: I'm smart guy. <laughs> I should have bet him a hundred. <laughs> You should have. You'd have made money.
3: <laughs> yeah, but it felt so dirty doing that to my friend that I was like, oh, I'll just take the 50.
1: No, that's a nice play, bro. Respect. <laughs> um. So this main event, the old fart in me wanted to hate it. And I thought it was wild. I thought it was awesome. He had, I, Brock gets this grin on his face, which is this like, I don't give a shit grin and laugh. And sometimes yeah. it works. And sometimes you're like, right. Like yeah. when him and Taker had that match and Taker couldn't, and he's like, I didn't like it yeah. when he got on that. Tra- First of all, ladies and gentlemen who didn't see it, the man drove in on a giant, like John Deere tractor. <laughs> I don't know. If it was a John. It's Deere, awesome. A
3: big old red tractor,
1: huge tractor. It was amazing. It was like milk truck status for Kurt angle. It was. And he, he cruises in and he's got this shit eating grin and he's, he's chuckling and they get into the match and it's a last man standing. There's no rules. You're you get the 10 count, which in WWE is like 38 seconds long. So (laughs) everybody always stands up and they're going back and forth. And the evil Usos who are cousins of Roman reigns, actually in real life, all part of that, like Samoan family for you outsiders. Uh, they come in; they're the tag champs, and they're beating up on Brock. with Brock's beating up on everybody. Actually, he's mm-hmm. beating up Roman. He's beating them up. They're trying. Everybody's trying to beat up Brock. Everybody's trying to cheat. Austin Theory's saying what's up, and Brock Lesnar's killing everybody. This dude you you tell it you were there it had to be 10,000 well, fu- there was it.
3: one when the tractor came out we're all thinking what are they going to do with this cuz it's a really unforgiving automobile you know you can rig a, a trash compactor to look like it's crushing Braun Strowman or whatever you know but you <laughs> like with the tractor it's like well what are they going to do with it like like how are you going to so at one point the be- he puts the bucket above the um above the, above the ring above the ring and he jumps off of it to attack Roman, which was sick. And it,
1: it, at the start, yeah,
3: very, very cool way to 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 do that. Also, like we when I think of Brock, I know that he's jumped off the top ropes a few times and stuff, but I don't really think of him as like this athletic high flyer kind of guy. And it, it made us all go, "Oh yeah!" Like I forgot that he's capable of doing that kind of thing. So that was cool. But then they did one spot that they botched. But I get how on paper it would have looked great. They put Roman in the bucket. He raised it up and then dumped him out in the ring. But it didn't really work because, you know, it wasn't even as high as like a ladder would be like in a ladder match. So it just kind of like when he dumped him out, it just kind of looked like, like it didn't even hurt or anything. So that was the one bad part about the tractor. But then towards the end of the match, he literally lifts up the ring with the bucket. And which I also thought would be a thing Vince wouldn't allow. Like, it makes me feel like...
1: He's done crazy ring stuff, but you yeah. might be right. But he's I done mean, crazy ring stuff.
3: It looked so reckless, the way he just got under there and then, like, lifted. I mean, it looked insane. Everyone <laughs> That's in the that I went, don't oh, give a no. shit laugh.
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah. It literally seemed like he's like, we're going to just see what happens. Screw it. Oh. And the,
3: you could see all the announcers on the side of their holding their headphones and going like, ah, like because you know the kind of the ring's moving towards them a few feet when Brock's <laughs> trying to get under it, and so and then it's also kind of like as it's tipping, it's tipping towards the announcers. So you kind of felt this like element of like, oh, this could go, like really bad. You know, like it, w- usually when you watch a pro wrestling thing, you think these wrestlers are risking their bodies and their tendons and their ankles and wrists, and they they can break bones and concussions. Bleed all over the joint. That could happen at any time in any wrestling match. But we're never in danger. You know, like, we're, <laughs> like when like when, when, the tractor's go, you think at oh, all. Those fans, they might be really screwed here. This is a kind of a hairy situation. Um, but it was pretty cool. We lifted it all up. And I actually like, I love the big finish. I love that yeah. they bear it. It was very comic book-esque. Like yeah, just they put a to. bunch of crap on him. He's not going to get up.
1: How do you beat Thor? But here's the thing. I know some people were concerned with Brock losing a million times to, or three times to, to Roman. They protected Brock so well in this. He beat up everybody for 28 minutes. Oh, and yeah. then it took every, it was like watching Thor's last stand, right? Like he may die, but because he fought everyone, Earth lives. And it yeah. felt like this awesome, moment and just kind of showed how strong and what a beast he is. I want to touch on one thing you said at the beginning, because it was an old school lesson that Arn Anderson taught me that I've never forgotten. And when people say it, I always remember how true it is. He said, anything you bring to the ring with you as a wrestler is a promise to the crowd. And if you don't use it, you're bullshit. So he's like, if you bring a sword out there and you don't use it, why the hell did you bring it? If you bring your your Python out there and you don't use it, what was the point? And he said, it makes you look weak. So when you see that tractor driving out, your first question is a demand, a subliminal demand that a promise is being made. And it must be kept. It's like, what are you going to do with this? And if you don't use it, why? Why'd you bring it out? So this leads us to our new segment. Favorite or worst of the week. And I paid a lot of money for that sound bite. That wasn't me. I was a professional singer. I just pushed that button and it just played. But it so, sounded nice, didn't it? Well, it, he's a professional singer.
3: Money well spent. Sounds
1: yeah. nice. Favorite match of the week. This is easy for me. It opened the show and I felt like at least three people got over. It. And that was Becky and Bianca at the SummerSlam, as the great Bret Hart would say. I love the way Becky got her over I thought Becky got herself over I thought they all got Bailey over the other two women you could argue got a great rub off that as well and to see five women in the ring and know that there's some story there and an opportunity to 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 move forward with that kind of stuff got me excited so that big match also because they get more time at the pay-per-views than on regular tv that's my match of the week or my favorite of the week do you have a favorite or a or a worst match of the week?
3: I'll keep it. Uh, I'll keep it real simple, because I, I gushed about it earlier, and I think it's all about misdirection. It's about like whatever. I'm, it's whatever surprises me. It's like if, if two guys are really good and they fight really well, I go a wrestle really well, I go, "Wow, man, that that was great." But that's what I expected. So I'm like, I'm I'm harder on him for some reason. But it's when I get surprised, and Logan Paul did it again two times in a row surprised me. I wanted to hate and I loved I loved everything he did. I loved the look, I loved the match. So, I give it a uh, Logan Paul. That's that's the, that's the match of the week
1: for me. I got one honorable mention. It's an AE Dubs. Shout out to Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks. I hope they give these gentlemen a good story. Uh, I love to see a babyface Ricky Starks. Good-looking dude that can wrestle, money on the mic. Will Hobbs looks like a mean, mean son of a bitch. And it can be a big opportunity for both of them. So that's my honorable mention. Shout out to you two gentlemen.
3: You know what wasn't the match of the week? What? Rick Ric Flair and Jeff Jarrett. It's tough, man. I... The fans were going, you still got it. I want to be, no, you don't. Oh, no, <laughs> man.
1: Flair. It's hard to watch people you loved as a kid when they're not at their best, right? Like I remember yep. seeing like the the ESPN equivalent would be like nobody liked watching Joe Namath play for the Los Angeles Rams. It was embarrassing and he wasn't the same. And friend of the Federation in the show, Seth Green was there in the flesh. He was sending me pictures all night long. Was he criticizing it or was he
3: did he have a good time?
1: Seth Green, Seth Green does not have a critical bone in his body for any artist out there. He will only say kind things about what a it. good guy everyone when he was 22 he was different and he learned his lesson <laughs> and as a grown man <laughs> he is it's grown up he is not he is not that dude so he was just all love for everybody shout out to rick flair apologies it's just you know i don't want to watch people i love it and at, at anything less than their best i'd rather you know i'd rather my final flair match was i and i got to be there was when Shawn michaels retired him and it was a beautiful mm. story they told in there. The, I'm sorry. I love you. That was so great. So I did not go see that. But shout out to Jeff Jarrett, man. It's going every he could, he could work wherever he pleases. Jeff jared has got had a big weekend. Wherever he, he'll be in Japan tomorrow. AEW on Wednesday. A TNA appearance on Thursday. Is TNA still on Thursdays? I don't watch TNA. <laughs> I don't know, but that's... I heard I he's going to be at a, guy. a progress show next Friday. He wants
3: all wrestling, every pay per view to be in Nashville. That's what he wants.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lucha Vavoom in Nashville. He's on his <laughs> way to that match next. Mr. Jeff Dye, you are by far the best on site location wrestling journalist that this company Week has one. ever known. Week one, week baby Week one, and
3: I'm happy to I'm happy to keep doing it for you, Freddie. We, <laughs> yeah, somebody's gotta be there, you know?
1: <laughs> You'll get to go to all of them, and I'll raise my kids. <laughs> Just gonna
3: go to every match.
1: It's a sweet deal. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to give us those five-star reviews. You guys were awesome. You moved us to number one on iTunes last week. Next week, we dive deep into Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite, and SmackDown. Keep a lookout on social media as we'll be asking you, the audience, to give us your opinions and questions on your favorite moment of the week and have you featured? on our Fan of the Week segment. Thank you all for listening to Wrestling with Amigos. Peace. We love you. This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: Para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica, la aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al o visita prevnar20enespanol.com.